Aloha, everyone, and welcome back to the Untied Podcast. Today, I'm extremely happy to have a very unique guest on today. Uh, I stumbled on his content on Instagram, and I'm hoping a lot of you guys have seen it as well because it's very unique and honestly very cool kind of content that you probably have not seen anywhere else. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Canadian toy photographer Dwayne Pereira, a.k.a. Dwayne Shoots Toys. How are you doing today, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, really excited. Big fan of your YouTube channel. So this is uh, a pleasure for me. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah. And I'm just happy. So, so happy that I found your content because if people haven't seen it, you really need to go to like uh, Dwayne's Instagram like right now because it's literally some of the coolest stuff you'll see. And we can start off there. I mean, a lot of it is like sneaker kind of like you have like a sneaker vibe about you right like are you are you a sneakerhead and you're a fan of sneakers and stuff as well i would say i'm a i'm a casual sneaker fan like okay. you know I'm, I'm aware of a lot of the silhouettes and colorways that are out there but i'm not like hardcore in the sense that i have a huge collection of sneakers like i've, I've got maybe you know four or five pairs of decent sneakers mm-hmm. um but i have a ton of miniature sneakers uh, that's uh, basically how i get my my uh, fix uh, okay. i scratch that itch by buying the miniature sneakers um, and I incorporate those into my, my photography as well. Okay, so I'm going to have to put up a lot of this stuff like on the YouTube video. And if you guys are listening to just audio, sorry about that. But you guys definitely have to see this because it's so crazy like what he does with like miniature toys and I guess miniature sneakers and stuff. But before we get into like the actual like, you know, philosophy and stuff of why you do this, kind of go back and take me back. How, how long have you been doing this for, this uh, photography stuff? You know what? I, I kind of fell into it by accident almost. Like really? uh, I started in early 2018 that's not long ago at all dude 2018 yeah yeah it's been it's progressed really quickly and uh basically before that i didn't really have you know a collection of toys or action figures or anything um i just bought a camera because i wanted to to take better travel photos when i was on vacation okay so um because i was into travel and that, that kind of stuff so um i bought this camera and in the process of learning how to use it I would take photos of random things, little, little objects around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I would watch YouTube videos uh, to, to learn you know, the different techniques. And uh, I saw a video of one person who was taking photos of model cars, and they were making them look realistic. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. And uh, I did a little bit more digging, and I found this entire community of action figure photographers. And once I th- saw that, I was like absolutely hooked. Like it, It's such a cool thing to me. And, uh, you know, I just uh, bought some action figures. I borrowed some from some friends and just started taking photos and it just developed uh, from there. So it's it's really been like almost like an accident. I just stumbled into it, really. That's that's incredible, dude. Like, honestly, I love hearing stories like this because it starts off as a passion and you're like keep diving deeper and deeper. Right. And then you find out like all these community aspects and stuff. And that's kind of like the same trajectory that I had with sneakers, which is very interesting. Um, yeah. Do you mind me yeah. asking that? Did you start off on Instagram? Is that where you found most of your success early on? Or were you on the TikTok scene? Because I know on TikTok, you have like over a million followers there too. Yeah, it was a bit of both. I think Instagram was the, the first platform that I really you know built a foundation on. And then TikTok, I, I joined TikTok, I think in 2019, like just before the, the pandemic. Okay. And uh, I, I had a lot of luck like early on and um, had some videos go viral and it just blew up and the the success on TikTok helped fuel the success on Instagram as well. So it was, it kind of went oh, hand in hand. Oh, I see. But um, the, the timing of this inter- interview is kind of interesting because um, at the beginning of the year on uh, Instagram, I had, I think about 90,000 followers. 
And um, I think you had messaged me around that time uh, to do this interview. And then like shortly after, I had a couple of pieces of content go viral. And within a few weeks, I went from like it took me four years to get to ninety thousand. Uh-huh. And then with, within a few weeks, I've jumped all the way up to like two hundred and forty thousand or something I'm at right now. In just and, a couple months. Well, yeah, a few months, like, but yeah. it, it's it's been crazy because it just goes to show that you're just one piece of content away from things exploding, right? And seriously, you know, I got lucky and I had uh, some some videos go viral, and then you know, it's just taken off from there. Seriously, dude, and it's it's what I like about your stuff too is like you actually put a lot of time and like uh, careful care into your content, right? It's not like you're just literally like, okay, here's an action figure, let me just put it somewhere and you know take a picture. Like you're literally creating like smart designs, cool like interactions between these toys, and then also bringing like that nostalgia effect, which we can t- kind of talk about now. Um, I'm assuming you grew up in the '90s like myself, right? Because a lot of the stuff that you're showing hits me close to home, so I'm assuming that's kind of the same thing where you are. Yeah, well, I was born in 1981, so okay. probably a little bit older than you, but um, a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up uh, in the 80s, 90s, and you know, early 2000s are, are the most memorable parts of my life. Right. Um, but okay, yeah, because like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of like scenes that I've. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. I was gonna no, say no, there's no, a lot ahead, of scenes. Go you know, like you got the wrestling stuff going on. You got mm-hmm. like the um, uh, superhero stuff. You got like friend sitcoms. There's a whole bunch of different like themes that I've seen and it just resonates with me because this is like stuff that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, this is like really <laughs> an opportunity to relive my favorite childhood memories, right? And every time I start a project, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of um, something exciting or fun that I experienced either in the childhood or uh, right now. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, a lot of fun, not only to do it for myself, but like to see the reactions that uh, I get from the audience because a lot of people experienced similar things in their childhood and uh, it, you know, triggers those memories, those, those fun times, um, you know, back in, in the nineties uh, when things were quite a bit different and uh, just seeing right. the comments that people leave, they're like, Oh, I experienced this in the seventh grade. This, you know, brings me back to when I was 12 years old or whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to do that and have that interaction with the, the following. It, I mean, that's what hit me the most because, like, again, like, I've seen the Power Rangers stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. I remember waking up, you know, on Saturday morning li- watching the Power Rangers and being super yeah. stoked, running around pretending I was a Power Ranger, you know. <laughs> and so seeing it, like, come to life is crazy. And then it's also cool because you also bring in, like, different aspects. Like, it's not like Power Rangers in, like, you know, a Power Ranger setting. It's Power Rangers brought into a different, like, 90s or 80s setting that, like, kind of brings the two together. And you're like, I never would have thought of this, but now this interaction is really funny. Like, I think you did a scene with uh, Power Rangers in the friend set, right? That yeah. was a big one. Yeah, that's that's a big part of what I enjoy doing, like just doing these crossover things, like imagining what a world would look like if you had characters from one you know, show in a, cine, uh, a set from another show. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just fun just to think of these different ideas and different combinations of uh, shows and movies that you can put together. So where does that inspiration come from then, Dwayne? Like, are you literally just watching things and you're like, you just jot down like, oh, this would be a cool interaction or like, are you literally like just kind of like focusing in and trying to find the perfect fit for that toy that you do have? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Like sometimes, like I said, I'll be trying to relive a memory from my childhood. Other times I'll just be thinking like, you know, this would be a, an interesting combination of characters. And uh, I, I keep a text file on my computer where I, anytime I get an idea, I'll write it down in there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
when it comes time to do a project, I'll just look at that text file and try to, you know, piece a few things together. And um, it normally just comes together naturally. So uh, it's a lot of just uh, trying to think outside of the box and trying to do something unique and different and just experimenting, you know? Okay, because I have, I'm not a big, like, follower, you know, of the community that you're in, this, like, uh, toy photography or, like, miniatures photography, right? So is mm -hmm. this something unique to you in that community work? Because I have not seen anybody else with, like, this 90s, 80s vibes, you know? Uh, it, are you kind of the only person in that, like, niche right now? Um, I think a lot of the toy photographers that are out there are usually trying to recreate scenes from movies or shows so like for example if you have oh. um, stormtroopers they'll try to recreate a scene from star wars right or recreate like a scene from a one Power for one shot yeah a lot of the times right okay um i i think one of the things that i do do uh, do differently is the um the focus on not only nostalgia but like the sneaker culture and the hip-hop culture video games like i'm trying to incorporate those and do crossovers between those interests because I'm, I'm interested in a lot of different things and i just like mixing them together and seeing what i come up with so i think it is kind of unique in, in that sense and we can you know talk about like you know that uh mixing in of different parts of your life because what i didn't know is you know i've been following your instagram for a while as well you know looking at all the toy photography but i actually stumbled on a picture from your uh instagram where you ended up getting a platinum album or something on a beat that you made. Can you talk yeah. about that, dude? Like, where does toys come in and then where does this music start? Like, I I'm so confused. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, prior to 2018, my whole focus and, like, passion was making beats. Like, I wanted to become, like, a, a pop music producer. And I started that, like, oh, wow. in the late 90s. So that, that was, like, my obsession, major obsession in life for you know, a good 15 years or so, right? So I, I thought that was the only thing I'd ever end up doing, just making music. And then, you know, I kind of went through this uh, just burnout period. You know, I, I had moderate success, but nothing crazy. And that's when I started exploring, you know, travel and photography and other things um, of that nature. And uh, yeah, the, the, the platinum plaque was, was kind of a crazy story. Um, it happened by accident again. Um, <laughs> basically, what what, uh, what what I did was I recorded an Instagram story of myself just improvising like a keyboard riff and um, on, on the okay. piano. And one of my friends who's also a producer, he, he saw that Instagram story and he liked the melody and he's like, hey, are you doing anything with that melody? And I was like, no, I'm just messing around. And uh, he said, oh, can you send it over to me? So I sent it over to him. It's like a little chord progression riff melody and uh he took that and then he added drums and a bass line and synthesizers and made a full beat out of it and he posted it online and uh, it started getting a little bit of traction and uh, eventually there's this artist named little tj and at that point he wasn't signed but uh, he made a uh, a song using that beat and that song started to blow up especially on on um TikTok and, and apps like like you know, oh, social okay. media apps like that, and I think on right I don't know what it's at right now, but there was a, a point um, where it had like a hundred thousand different people using that audio in their TikTok videos. Like it was it was wow. crazy, right? So that it really yeah. blew up, and uh, then he later on got signed to Sony, and they you know um, they actually did a remix of the song with Lil Wayne, and they made a music video for it, which was crazy. <laughs> um, so but, you're uh, you're, you're... 
original piece of music is something that Little Wayne rapped over. Yeah, yeah, and there's a music video for it and everything. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like, and if you go to Spotify and you look at the credits, you'll see like D Pereira, my my name, in the credits too. So it's wow. it's crazy. Um, and that just started from an Instagram story. That's the, the wild part of it. It's, it was like an accident. I wasn't trying to make a song. Um, but you know, again, like I I only played a small role. Like I played the keyboard part, but it's still it started the the foundation for the song and um, it. it it's just wild. It just goes to show you, like, these days, anything can happen with the internet, with social media, right? Like, you True. just put something out True. there, and you never know who's watching. Things can take off, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wild thing. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely on my, my bucket list, my, my list of dreams that I had to, you know, get a platinum plaque. So, um, yeah, that's it right there. Do you mind me asking, like, yeah, I know, I see it. it it's, that's amazing, man. Do you mind me asking, like, when you had that success, that viral success um, with that, did that kind of, like, spur you to want to go back into music more? Are you are you even still doing the music thing, or is it just solely focusing on the photography aspect now? Yeah, you know what? Like, I, I haven't made any new music in pretty much since I started toy photography, but I okay. definitely 100% want to get back into it at some point. Um, I'm just focused on the toy photography for now, but the, the really cool thing is that, you know, I've made a lot of, um, photos that deal with music and hip hop and, and, um, you know, singers and rappers and stuff. And because of that, I've actually made some connections in the industry from people just following me on Instagram because of my photography. So I've got like, yeah. there's some people that I really looked up to, like, I, I won't name any names, but like, they're like producers that i idolized as a kid and some of them are following me now on instagram because of my art right so That's eventually insane, yeah. i'm gonna you know try to use these um connections and uh get back into music so we'll, we'll see um i think right now my focus is just to build more of a platform and um you know create uh, a foundation for my toy photography but then eventually i can use that as a springboard to to more things in music so i'll come back to it but uh yeah it's it's I love i'm just going with the flow right now <laughs> i love that man i love that and that's you know that's the way to do it because you know like you said you you attribute a lot of it to luck but it's also you know uh preparation meets opportunity right is what they call luck so it's always just like being ready and you know just continuing to work on your craft and that's what i really like love hearing from you because even though you had that success with the music stuff you didn't just completely drop the toy stuff you said no nah, i want to focus in on one thing and you, you're not actually doing both at the same time either it's like no nah, i want to hone in on one craft and then eventually go back to that other craft. You don't want to like try to dabble and do both because then you're going to focus isn't really like on either one, which is not really helping the craft at all, which is you yeah, know, really yeah. great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so tough, you might be like, asking, Dwayne, do you, are you, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it, it's difficult because like there, for me, there are so many things that I want to do, right? So many things and so many skills that I want to learn. But uh, I realized, you know, for me, I, I've got to focus in on, on one thing. And, you know, right now this toy photography stuff is working for me. So I'm going to continue focusing on that. And then eventually I'll find the time to get back into music and, and other things as well. I see. Are, are you formally trained or like did you go to school like after high school for music or for photography or anything like that? Or is it all self-taught? Well, when I was a kid, I took uh, organ lessons. So I, I have like um, oh, okay. maybe five years four or five years of keyboard lessons i guess um but as far as like formal education i i didn't study that in school actually um when i went to university i studied computer engineering which is completely <laughs> different from all of this so 
Um, yeah, so I, I, I have a degree in computer engineering, but I never ended up working as an engineer. Um, after I graduated, I wanted to get into music and, and started working on that. So, yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you say there's some kind of at least a little bit of a crossover between being like a, you know, beat producer and stuff and being a computer engineer? Like, you know, kind of like mapping out like, I guess, music and stuff. It, it's completely different for sure. But is there like some kind of like symmetry with that or no, not really? Maybe there's like little things. Like, I mean, in school, I learned about the, the frequency spectrum and... You can apply that to music, like there's a, f a spectrum of fre frequencies when you're, um, you know, working with audio. Um, and maybe just mm. the the way of thinking, like, I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'm sure there's some kind of little thing you. that I'm not thinking of right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm, my thing is, like, I've tried in a whole bunch of different things, and uh, I have a lot of interest, but I'm just kind of picking and choosing one thing at a time and just working on it. <laughs> Uh, like because honestly like the music stuff is so fascinating to me because just recently i'm not sure if you watched it on netflix but uh kanye just had his uh yeezus documentary or whatever it was right and yeah. i didn't realize he was that big of a producer back then like that oh, was where yeah. he started is literally just making beats yeah he was a hero of mine man like back then like when he was first starting wow. before he started rapping i studied all his beats like i was really into him and then also pharrell and chad the the neptunes and oh yeah like dr dre all those those big producers like that was the era that i was really getting into production so uh, i've only seen the first part of that documentary but um i loved it because it, it was from that era when he was just making beats for for jay-z and rockefeller and all that stuff and is it's so cool to see like where how far he's come not only to like succeed on his level as a musician but then to get into sneakers and fashion like he's done so much from you know coming from that that uh part of his life he's like just exploded and and uh it's, it's really inspiring to see i mean yeah for sure it, it's literally crazy because uh, i i just watching that documentary like honestly it makes me like kind of freaked out like the fact that they had the foresight to you know actually film all of that and document all of that years ago is yeah. it blows my mind because there's so much footage and stuff of it just crazy amounts and it, it's the weird thing is like when you're watching it right like he's happy he's making good money doing the producing and making beats and whatever for people like jay-z but he was always like nah i want to rap over my own stuff and the confidence he yeah. had in himself is insane so I, I gotta ask you like is there something that you wanted to do beyond like the producing in your music career that you ever want to get into like you know vocals and stuff like that as well or is it just strictly <laughs> beats <laughs> I cannot sing. I cannot rap. I have no okay. desire to do either of those. <laughs> um, for me, I didn't know I, if that I was would... a common thing for producers. No, 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 not for me. Like I'll stick to just you know playing the keyboard and and making beats. But uh, you know I would okay. love to at some point um, work on like you know work with pop artists. I, I love making um, you know oh. pop catchy dance songs that kind of stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll get get a chance to do that in the future. <laughs> Right on. Okay, cool. So going back then to the toy aspect of things, right? My question is, and I'm sure a lot of people are also wondering is, how is this something that you're doing first uh, full time? First of all, I'm well, I'm spending full time hours doing this. Like I, I don't have a day job. Okay. Um, right now, it's kind of in that period where, like, I'll occasionally get like a brand deal or a sponsorship that will pay my bills. Um, but it's not consistent. Right. So some months are, are great. I'll pay my bills entirely from toy photography. Other months are really dry and it's really tough. Fortunately, I have a little bit of like uh, a few streams of income that kind of help pay the bills, like from music royalties and, and a few other things that I have going on. Um, 
but uh, it's not like a stable full-time thing yet. Um, that's that's what I'm working towards, though. Okay, because that was yeah, that was gonna be my question, right? Is like people are probably wondering, like, how do you make money taking pictures of toys and stuff? And I saw that you've had some <laughs> insane brand deals, dude. Like you've worked with like Gucci, you've worked with uh, you know uh, Complex, you've worked with Go.com, uh, stuff that a lot of people are very familiar with, and that's just insane to see. And that's literally just all organic, where they just reached out to you because they like what you were doing, right? Yeah, you know what? A lot of the brand deals that I get have actually come through TikTok. Um, you know, I'll make a video, oh. and uh, companies will see it because like, TikTok has amazing organic reach. And um, you know, mm -hmm. companies will see it and they'll contact me, and you know, we'll work something out because that, that's how I got the deal with Goat, and I did something with Reebok a while back. I've done quite a few sneaker things like Foot Locker. Um, you know, a lot of them come straight through uh, through TikTok, which is which is really cool. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I recently did one with, with Gucci and uh, did some stuff with Netflix. It's like almost all through TikTok. That's insane. And is there like another aspect to this? And I, I like talking about the business side of, uh, you know, like social media and stuff as well, because every like social media person ends up being an entrepreneur to some extent, just because you have to, it's the nature of how it works. So mm -hmm. is there another aspect of like your photography, your toy photography, where you take on like, um, commissions i guess or commission uh, requests at the moment like i get quite a few requests for commissions but mm -hmm. uh at the moment i generally don't like working on private commissions um uh, just because I, I, I like spending my time working on projects that i'm passionate about things that i'm interested in and uh, i want to work on on uh, projects that will also help grow my my audience right and often when you're working with mm -hmm. private commissions it's just kind of a cash you know, quick cash grab or whatever, but you're not really growing your audience because of that. And uh, who knows, I might change my opinion in the future, but for now I just, I'll do commissions with, if it's like a brand deal type of thing, but like something private for someone's collection, I generally don't uh, do that at this point. I see, you, you do sell prints and stuff of things that you've done in the past, so it looks like on your website, right? And you can yeah, speak to that. Yeah. Give the shout out to the website. I'm, I'm not sure what the website name is. You should probably let the audience know what that is. Well, there, there's a link in my Instagram bio. But um, I, right now, okay. like, I wasn't really planning to sell prints, but I had quite a bit of demand for it. So I just like kind of tossed some stuff up. And uh, there's a company called Redbubble, and they do print on demand. So oh, I just okay, upload nice. the yeah. prints, and then they print it. They can get it printed on different uh, materials like metal or canvas or you know photo paper, whatever you want. And uh, they'll print it and ship it and do everything for me. So it's kind of hands off, which is convenient for me. You know, I, I don't make a ton of money off of it, but it's still, you know, it's something and it uh, helps uh, satisfy the fans that want to have some some artwork. There's some really nice ones. That's why. Yeah, like the, the Dragon Ball Z stuff is the one that resonates most with me. Like I'm literally <laughs> it's funny because I just realized I'm literally rewatching it because it just got uh, put on the Crunchyroll. So I'm like oh, rewatching uh, the whole series. And so, yeah, I see the toys right behind you, the Goku and, yeah. the Nicolo, and I'm like, that's so sick. Yeah, dude. And I, the, I was looking at this. Maybe I have to order some prints of these because some of the, the Goku with the sneakers and stuff freaking sick i could probably put that right in the backdrop and that would fit in easily like any sneakerhead that like resonates with both of those things it's so cool dude well i know like i don't know i don't see it here but i know in some of your videos i've seen you had like a picture of goku with like a i think a supreme hoodie yeah. or something on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I knew you were dragon yeah, that ball was the, old, the old stuff yeah yeah, yeah. So and I, I wanted to ask you because um, you don't have much anime. Is that the only anime that you like actually watch and stuff? The Dragon Ball Z? Because if there's other anime stuff, dude, I'm 
I'm going to tell yeah, you, you're going to blow I, up if you have more anime. <laughs> That's the thing, right? I, I, I'm not like a hardcore anime fan. Like I, I watched, you know, mm. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, all those ones. Um, I watched the okay. original Naruto, but I haven't really gotten into Shippuden yet. Um, a little bit of My Hero Academia, but like aside from that, I don't have that much um, knowledge about it. But I'm, I'm definitely learning. Nice. So maybe at some point in the future, I'll do more of it for sure. Because that would hit a whole different audience for you. You know, like we're talking about yeah. growing your community and growing your reach and stuff. Like right now, your reach is, your demographic is me, right? It's like people that grew up in the 80s or the 90s, that nostalgia, seeing all of the things that we know, like the, you know, wrestling, the WWE, the sitcoms. But the anime community, dude, it, yeah. it spans from like kids as young as like eight years old all the way up to like people that are seven years old, you know? And it just, the reach is insane. And there's so much different things I feel like you could do with that. And that's what I'm excited to, like, hopefully see in the future, like, progression-wise. Yeah, for sure. Are there any series that you would recommend I, I watch? The ones that you mentioned are probably, like, the biggest ones, like, right now. Like, Naruto, so many different things and so many, like, yeah. iconic characters from there. And just mixing it with sneakers and stuff that you already have going would just be amazing. Like, have dream collaborations and stuff like that. And, I mean, people like Adidas have already done collabs with Naruto and stuff like that, too. So, it's it's an easy crossover thing, right? Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's a super big... My Hero is another big one. That's why right now as well. But Demon Slayer, if you haven't watched Demon Slayer, that's a big one as well. Yeah, I would okay. recommend that one. Demon Slayer is very, very popular in Japan. Uh, their anime movie actually was like the number one watch movie in Japan like all time. <laughs> An oh, anime wow. movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, no, yeah, it's I, crazy. I a, so if you want to yeah. hit that demographic. I have a list of... Um maybe six or seven shows that I need to get into. Um, but I, it's just the thing is, like, it, it's so time-consuming. Like, even Naruto, like, there's so many episodes, right? There's, like, I think right, 500 episodes or probably even more than that, right? So it's so time-consuming. Um, but uh, oh, what... Dude, there's one called of... uh, One Piece. That's, yes, I've heard, heard of that one. One Piece, too. the pirate one? Yeah. That one's 1,200 episodes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like... Um, a lot of this is that one dubbed in English or is it uh, completely Both. Japanese? Both. Okay, because sometimes what I'll do, yeah. what I'll do is like I'll be sitting here like working on some kind of crafts, and then I'll like have some shows on in the background. But uh, if they're yeah. not dubbed in English, like I can't do that, right? Because I, I need to like focus on mm. like the subtitles and everything. But if it's dubbed in English, I can kind of hear what's going on as I work on my crafts and stuff. But um, Usually, right. that, that's how I pass my time. Usually, like, as I'm working, I'll have, like, some kind of show or something. It's it's almost like doing research on shows while I'm, you know, working. <laughs> but that's good time management, man. And I, I have yeah. to ask, how long does it take you to make, like, one of these, you know, uh, designs or these sets? I know, obviously, there's, like, it, it changes from set to set. But let's just use one of the most recent ones, I guess, that you did with uh, Ronaldo and Messi. Because this is one of the most recent on your Instagram. How long would you mm -hmm. say that, that took on average? Well, yeah, like you said, like it really depends on the complexity of the scene. Because um, for most of my scenes nowadays, I'm building stuff, right? I'm 3D printing items and I'm painting them and, uh, you know, making furniture and all this kind of stuff. So the Ronaldo one, um, for that one, I needed to 3D print the, the PlayStation 5 and the controllers and the furniture and uh, print out a bunch of stuff for the walls. So I think that one probably took uh, maybe just over a week or so. Um, wow. Of how many yeah. hours a day would you say? That's pretty much like full time, right? So uh, 
maybe 10 hours a day, I guess. 40 hours. Oh my yeah, yeah, it, it depends, right? Because there's so many little things, right? You have to keep in mind, right? Because like, um, you know, 3D printing is one thing, right? But then you got to paint the the items, and then also like, I have to look up um, photos and artwork for the walls, and then I have to build. I built the walls too, right? That's out of foam board, and uh, you know, picking colors and and all these kind of things, printing out the floor. Um, there's lots of little things. So that was, is about a week. And then I have to take the photo and then I have to edit the photo, like clean it up and, and all that. So even just the photography aspect is at least a, a day or so. So, um, it's, it's a pretty involved process, but some, some of the stuff I've done has taken even longer. Like in some of my scenes, I've had to build like dozens and dozens of little boxes or vinyl records or whatever it is. Right. Um, right. there, there was that, um, the Spider-Man sneaker closet one that I did, um, with, uh, with, uh, Tom Holland in his closet, like rainbow colored sneakers. Right. I have it that pulled one, up right now. Yeah. Yeah. That one took a long time because like, um, I 3d printed each of those individual sneakers. So I had, oh I think God. 48 pairs of sneakers, which is 96 individual shoes. Right. So it's. They're all Jordan 1s, right? So, like, the mm -hmm. printing process was easy. I just printed a bunch of them, but then I painted them all with different colorways, right? So yeah, you can imagine yeah. I was sitting there, like, painting, painting, painting. I'm trying to do a decent job of painting them. They're not perfect, but, like, you know, I, I tried to make it look somewhat decent. And even just, like, thinking of the colorways, right? Because I, I tried to make them fairly authentic. They um, are. I'm looking at it now. There's act these look like actual colorways of Jordan ones. You know, like you yeah. have the Chicago's, the shattered backboards. Shattered it, it's backboards. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them may not be actual colorways, but for the most part, like um, I was looking. I, I think I had some of those Gatorade ones too. Like just the bright mm -hmm. colors, and um, so that was a that was a very time consuming process. That one I kind of I was doing other projects in the middle of doing this one, so I was kind of like one day I would kind of just sit and paint and then work on something else the next day and go back to it. So that one. Overall, it took uh, oof, probably a couple of weeks or so, but it, it was it was um, very time-consuming, but it was rewarding because that that video, the behind-the-scenes video, um, got shared quite a bit, and that was it wasn't quite super viral, but it was like uh, you know brought me a lot of new followers. Um, so it was it was good good project for me. Do you record the process of yourself like doing like these like crafts and stuff, you know, behind the scenes like doing the printing and all of that? Because I. I Unfortunately, I don't have TikTok, right? I'm, I feel like I'm too old. I don't understand TikTok. You need so TikTok, man. I'm older here. than you, man. You need it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I just, I feel like my, my thing is I have a son now, right? So right. my time, I, I can't have like these little like, you know, five minute things that just keep consuming me over and over yeah. throughout the day because it just adds up. And my time, I, I have to take care of my son instead. So that's why I'm just like, I'm not even going to bother just <laughs> consuming all the time. But um, I see the Instagram, and usually on your second slide, you have a little bit of behind the camera. But do you ever do, like, some setup behind the scenes? Like, you know, the printing, the painting, that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know what I realized? Um, as an artist, it's almost more important to show the behind-the-scenes process of how something is made than just showing the final product. Because especially with what I, what I do, it's kind of unique, and people are really curious about it. And, um, you know, that's often the, the, the kind of content that goes viral, like the, the behind the scenes mm -hmm. process, the videos. So um, I try to record as much as I can. Like um, for some projects, I'll do like just a short, um, you know, 30 second video. 
Um, other times I'll just take a photo of like the setup and all that. Uh, but for some projects, I, I try to do like a full YouTube video and YouTube is something that I really yeah. need to start focusing on, right? Like I, I think that's like, I, I've established a, a presence on TikTok and Instagram, but now I want to move over to YouTube and start doing more of that because um, that that's like, if I find it more rewarding. Like when you actually have a full like seven to eight minute video showing the entire mm -hmm. process from start to finish, um, it really answers a lot of the questions that people may have about how to create stuff. The only problem is that when I'm documenting the process and recording everything, it like doubles the amount of time it takes to uh, finish a project mm -hmm. because like, you know, I'm thinking about camera angles and, you know, thinking about, oh, I need to record this and then you need to do the editing process. I'm, I'm sure, you know, like just editing video sometimes is like, oh, it's a pain, right? So, um, but, you know, I definitely need to, to focus more on that because I think that's like, you've had a lot of success on YouTube and I think... One thing I like about it is the fact that, you know, with AdSense, you can actually generate a little bit of income. And, uh, you know, like I said, you get to go more in depth with um, documenting the behind the scenes process. So um, I, I don't think I've uploaded a YouTube video in probably nine or 10 months. <laughs> so I'm kind of slacking uh, on that, but uh, definitely going to get back into that pretty soon. Okay. To, so to speak to that, dude, honestly, YouTube is the best place to go in terms of like monetization of content yeah. and stuff because the AdSense for one, that's definitely helpful. But um, in the space and I have a private company that, you know, we help a lot of content creators and stuff get brand deals. We only focus with YouTubers because that's where I would say 90% of the funding and stuff comes in from is long form content, right? Yeah. Uh, you figure yeah. like on TikTok or Instagram, usually it's like a short burst of like, you know, content or videos and Instagram is even worse because it's just a picture when you're trying to sell a product, people want to have like a like a connection to the person that's trying to sell to them, right? So if they can't hear your voice or anything, it's a lot harder to like, do I trust this guy? You know, I just know he makes a, uh, pictures of the toys and stuff. I don't know who he is behind the camera. So yes. then YouTube, the long form content, we can talk into the audience and stuff more. That's why advertisers move over there. So I would highly recommend it. I would, um, I hope I'm not, you know, uh, being presumptuous here. I feel like you're the kind of person that, and content, that Twitch would be super good for this, dude. Like literally just have the overhead camera, one in front of you, and you're just kind of doing both, and you have it overlaid over each other. It's recording the whole time, and then from there, you can just chop up the YouTube videos based off of the Twitch content. So it's like the double whammy, right? And then hopefully have an editor or something down the road that can do the editing for YouTube, so you don't need to focus on that. But I think that'd be super sick. DIY and like, you know, arts and crafts stuff, huge on YouTube, so much people love that thing dude and honestly just the painting and stuff it has like an asmr and like uh like calming effect as well when you're just watching somebody paint for whatever mm -hmm. reason so i could just imagine so many people just being like you know keeping it on in the background just watching you do your thing and just like scanning back and forth and then some people get more involved you know and like provide ideas and i think it just be super interactive because from one thing that i've learned from talking to you here you're a highly intellectual guy you're very well spoken you have a great presence about you a good aura like I can just see so many people gravitating to that. So I'm kind of like bummed out that you don't make the YouTube stuff or the Twitch stuff because we want to see more of Dwayne more so than the photographer, you know? Or at yeah, least dude, I feel. You, you read my mind because I have actually been thinking of um, starting a Twitch channel eventually. Uh, you know, I just got a nice. new webcam too just to prepare for that. Uh, I've been studying Twitch for the last uh, month or so, just watching a bunch of streamers and trying to get a feel for the platform. And uh, definitely like, I think one thing is like, you know, I've kind of branded my art, but I haven't branded myself mm -hmm. as a personality yet. Exactly. Because, like, you know, I don't show myself very much. 
on camera. So that's the next phase, I think, of what I need to be doing. And because uh, you f form a much deeper, stronger connection with your audience when you're doing that, and especially on like Twitch streams, like it's it's like a different oh, level so of connection, right? And and long form yes. video. So that's that's definitely where I want to take it now. Um, I guess I I don't know. I I'm just seeing things from a different perspective now. I think when I first started, I thought that you know the key was just to have like a million followers on Instagram, and then everything would kind of work itself mm -hmm. out. But like I think you gotta you know i have to focus on youtube and, and long form content and streaming and all that because it seems like it would be more more lucrative and more engaging right so that's uh that's the next the next phase for me for sure i 100 percent agree and like i don't want to be like a, i'm not an expert in the space you know i i got very lucky in my success on youtube and stuff but from just you know working with so many different creators who are like massive like millions of subscribers and they get you know millions of average views a month and whatever um, what we've seen is that like, you know, Instagram, it's, it's good, but there is no like connection there for the most part. Like you're, you're yeah. watching somebody, you know, do their thing and live their life and have like these nice pictures. And that's cool. You know, it's, it's good enough to like, like it, but most of the time on Instagram, and you can probably attest to this is you're scrolling so fast that there is no connection being formed at all. And yeah. so that's why people find it like, oh, okay. I have a million followers on Instagram. That means I'm going to have a million followers on YouTube. That is not the case. No. Like, you're lucky yeah. if you can get yeah you're lucky if you can get like even five percent of those guys over to the youtube because for the most part they don't care they came for the pictures they don't care who you are behind the camera like you mentioned so that yeah. takes a long time to build um and so it's a slower grind for sure but once you get that dude youtube funnels into everything else so easily because they know who yeah. you are so even if you know the instagram and stuff they'll follow it there because they just want to follow you they'll follow the TikTok and stuff but it's very hard to move other people from different platforms to youtube but from YouTube out, super easy. Yeah, yeah so this, you, this is great. Like, I think TikTok is the best funnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this, no, this is great because it's confirmation of what I've, what I've been thinking for the last few weeks and few months. Um, I, I really want to focus on YouTube. You know, the, the, the other platforms have their place. Like TikTok is amazing yes. for just acquiring new users and getting exposure because like the algorithm, you know, even if you have zero followers, there's a chance that you could post something and it could get like a million views, right? So right. it's great for acquisition of new followers. Um, same with Instagram with the reels, especially. Um, but I think as far as just strong connection with the audience, um, YouTube and Twitch, like long form is the way to go. So um, I agree. I, I'm definitely, so, definitely going to focus on that. So this is great. This is confirmation that uh, I, I was thinking. I love that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and a hundred percent. And uh what we call um, you know, the TikTok thing, it's a great top of funnel. So top of funnel yeah. is, you know, big wide audience and then it just hones in to YouTube slowly, right? The other thing that I wanted to ask is do you do YouTube shorts? Because that's literally all you need to do is just take your uh TikTok and then move it onto YouTube shorts. And right now YouTube is pushing shorts so much that it's getting so much traction for people where their subscriber count just blows up. And then you have a, an audience there, and then that's when you can blast out, you know, the long form content. And uh, a lot of people do it the wrong way, right? Where their short form content is what people like. Um, and so maybe that's how it is for you. Some people will like the short form, but a lot of people, like artists and all of this stuff, want to see the long form. So your transition there would be so much better where they're seeing the shorts on YouTube. Okay, I'm subscribing for the shorts. And then when they see the long form come in, they're like, wait, this is actually more cool because now I get to see everything behind this, you know? And then that's mm -hmm. where you get the conversions, the AdSense, because shorts doesn't pay that much on YouTube. Yeah. 
I think it's the same on TikTok. It's like just there's just like no ad revenue there. Um, but it is a good top of funnel to, you know, get that audience there and then, you know, create the long form where all the money is. Yeah, you know, I, I've had a mixed experience with shorts. So like so right now I have mm. I have my main YouTube channel and I think I have like maybe thirty videos or so. And a couple yeah. of them are shorts and they've done fairly well. But um, I also started posting shorts like fairly recently and they haven't been getting as many views and I think mm. like maybe my subscribers don't want the short form content so I actually created a separate second channel just for dedicated shorts videos mm. and mm. some of them do okay but some of them not so much so it's kind of hit or miss with that so I'm still experimenting but um, right now I'm trying to keep the the shorts and the long form content separate I'm not sure I if see. I should be posting shorts on my main channel I don't know it's experimentation right now yeah and i mean i i think a lot of it is like some people people don't know what what's going on with that still you know some people find a lot of mm -hmm. success having them both on the same channel and then like you said sometimes the audience only wants long form or only wants short form um so they get confused uh so that's why it's kind of tough i've seen success both ways so it's hard for me to say um without yeah. looking at the analytics and stuff the only thing that i do know is like consistency is the most important thing from the YouTube perspective, right? YouTube's not going to blast out anything unless you're posting like two or three times a week, especially if you're on shorts. I know a guy uh, in Hawaii who went from 600,000 subscribers to 1.5 million in like three weeks because he just posted like all of his TikTok videos <laughs> from on oh, his TikTok wow. to shorts and did like four or five a day. So he's posting like 30 <laughs> or 40 a week. Yeah, and it just kept getting yeah. blasted into the algorithm because they're like, okay, he's going to push this out, then sure, we'll push him into the algorithm and stuff. So if you have a lot of, like, backlog content, maybe it is kind of good to just kind of push it out there, like, from a, a frequent standpoint where you can just kind of keep doing it over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got to decide because I don't want to, like, upset my current subscribers, like, just by posting a whole bunch of crap in their feed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's um, <laughs> just finding that balance, <laughs> I guess, right? So um, that's yeah, why I've literally uh, posted zero shorts on my channel. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you planning to make like a second <laughs> channel, or are you just kind of holding off of shorts altogether? For me, I've I've never liked the short form content, so it's just not <laughs> something that I mean. It would be perfect for you've watched the mystery boxes, right? It'd be perfect, like literally, like you know, five seconds, just pulling out a shoe and having the yeah. value there. Next shoe, next shoe, next shoe, and then it'd be done in like thirty seconds. But I've never liked that. I like the interaction aspect and stuff, and it's just not my kind of content. So even though I know it probably would help the channel grow a lot, it's just I don't care, per se. I just don't mm -hmm. want to do it. Yeah, because numbers is not super important for me where I am now. It's more like creating what I like. So we went backwards, yeah. right, where you've been creating what you love and taking all that time and, you know, making sure it's good. Whereas I, I kind of went the opposite way, and now I'm, like, at the point where I really just want to make what I like, you know, rather than try to appease everybody else. And so yeah. that's kind of where I am. And it's you really want to just focus in on what you like, because I have like all of these like opportunities, like, you know, the, like you said, with the TikTok, I could probably get a lot more followers to the YouTube that way, too. But I'm just like, nah, it's, it's, I don't want to do it. So <laughs> I don't care yeah. what the numbers are. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you seem to have a pretty um, dedicated audience. Like, uh, I don't know if you do this often, but I remember I was watching, I think you did like a live stream like maybe last year where you had people call in on the phone and uh -huh. you were like talking to them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, so that was actually, that was an um, experimental thing from YouTube. They did this thing called a rodeo. So it was like a, basically trying to turn your phone into Twitch for YouTube though. And so oh, okay. I was trying it out and it was very fun. Yeah, and I, I love the audience and talking to them. It's just that for me, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not very good on a live setting dealing with multiple things. So like for Twitch, I tried doing that for a little while too. It's just not for me. I like intimate mm -hmm. conversations where it's like this, you know, it's one-on-one -on -one because I have a counseling background. So this feels comfortable to me when there's like too many eyes at one time watching me, I get kind of like flustered and I don't know who to like focus on. And so that yeah. kind of like freaks me out. And I, Cause I really want to like make people feel, um, special, you know, and it's hard to do that when there's like 10 people trying to get in the phone line. Some people won't get in and then they're going to feel left out, you know, and I, I, that's like my worst fear for that. So I'd rather, you know, not have to deal with that. Don't feel like anybody is excluded and, you know, just kind of focus it as a group on the YouTube side rather than individual through that, like call in or Twitch system. But I'm, it, I'm happy you watch those, dude, because, yeah, that was a long yeah, time. I've, yeah, I've been watching for a long time. And it, I guess it, it, also, it is also kind of challenging, too, when you have people typing all these messages in the chat. You got to, like, refer yeah, to them exactly. and, like, you know, acknowledge them and all that. And it's a lot of stuff um, to, to be aware of. That's something that I think I'll need to uh, to learn and become comfortable with if I want to get into live streaming. Because, like, when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm making my crafts, um, I'm just focused entirely on that, right? So it's going to be kind of a different experience to, like, look up at the screen and read the chat messages and interact with them. Um, yeah, it seems like right, there's a lot, right. lot yeah. to keep I mean, in it's going to be a, it's going to be a big learning experience, bro. But I mean, definitely that kind of content is perfect for that. And I just feel like I'm super excited to see what it looks like. Cause the DIY does so, so well on YouTube. It's such a big market. Um, yeah. and I just know like where you are with the nostalgia aspect of like, you know, the eighties, nineties, that's already such a great thing that you've captured. If you can incorporate more anime stuff or like other, you know, uh, more niche markets there's going to be so much opportunity there and it's going to be it's just going to keep growing which i love yeah yeah i, I find like I, i've had a few uh videos do fairly well um and i find like the 3d printing stuff really um gets a lot of uh, love from the algorithm 3d printing 3d scanning mm. uh, miniatures because there's like all these different subset uh, communities that are into that kind of stuff could you talk to me a little bit about that, Dwayne, actually? Because I, I assumed, you know, that a lot of the stuff you're making is from a 3D printer. But I'm also, like, a freaking dinosaur when it comes to this. I really don't understand 3D printing at all. Is it... How... how can you... Okay. In the easiest <laughs> way, can you explain how the 3D printing works? <laughs> I guess. Okay, first of all, I'm not an expert. I just got a 3D printer, okay. like, uh, not even two years ago. And I just kind of learned and taught myself by watching YouTube videos, right? So there are a couple of different types of 3D printers. Some of them use resin and uh, various chemicals. Um, the, the kind that I have is uh, called an FDM printer. So it uses filament, like a plastic filament. Ah. And uh, basically you have this long spool of filament and then you run it through the machine and it will heat up the filament and kind of melt it onto the, uh, the bed uh, in the shape that, of the object that you're printing. So it does it layer by layer, mm. right? And uh, the cool thing is, like, you can go on the internet and download, like, an object file, like a 3D model uh -huh. of, let's just say, Goku, right? You can download that and then copy it over to the 3D printer and it'll print it out, right? Huh. So okay. right now, like, like, people can, 3D artists can, like, make these 3D models and then upload them for other people to download, right? So right now, I don't have a lot of... Um, 3d modeling experience as far as like creating these 3d models i know like some basics like i can make basic shapes and uh you know pretty straightforward things but not like super complex uh, uh models but uh yeah you basically just download a model send it to the printer it'll print it out and then after that usually what i'll do is i'll like paint it and add color and all that but uh it's it's a crazy technology and i think like 
if you look uh, down the road into the future, I think everyone's going to have a 3D printer. We're going to be printing everything on our own, I think, at some point. Um, how, it's so cool. How Okay, so two things. Or actually, there's a lot of things because, again, I have no idea about this. Yeah, it's super sure. interesting to me, though. How much is a 3D printer? How big is the one that you have? And is it super expensive to refill? Because I know, like, you know, the only printer I know is the one that, with paper and ink. And ink is <laughs> stupid expensive. So I'm assuming, you know, the resin or whatever you're using is also crazy expensive. Yeah, so I don't have experience with resin printers. Like I said, I have I use a filament-based printer. Oh, oh printer. sorry, sorry. Filament, yeah, yeah filament, well, sorry, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, so the, these days they're relatively inexpensive. Like you can get a, a decent 3D printer for a few hundred dollars, like an entry level. The one I have is like oh, an wow. entry level machine. It's called uh, the Creality Ender 3 Pro. And uh, it's, I think you can probably get one for like 300 bucks, maybe 250, depends wow. on what kind of deal. Uh, you find but um, and then like each spool of filament uh maybe 20 bucks right so it's not too bad and then the filament will last yeah it'll last quite a bit quite a while um so it's it's not that bad it's relatively affordable um if you really want you can get even cheaper machines for like a hundred bucks but those ones aren't quite as reliable right um but you know for 300 bucks or so you can get started so and the great thing is there are so many tutorials on YouTube. Um, you mm. just search for 3D printer and it'll tell you everything you need to know. So that's how I taught myself, just by watching all that. And uh, recently I got into 3D scanning. So I bought a 3D scanner. God. And with okay. that, um, you can basically take an object and create a scan of it and it'll generate a 3D model of the object. And then you can 3D print that, right? So. <laughs> I posted a few videos um, where I scanned like some some Timberland boots, and uh, oh, wow. made, yeah. made miniature like I made this little miniature Timberland boot just by scanning like a real boot, and then you wow. know, printed it okay. out. So, so it's like it's it's crazy what you can do. And also right now I'm actually working on a video where um, I I scanned. Let's see. So I took some old old toys like this. And I, yeah. I scanned it, and then I 3D printed a miniature version of it. Wow! Right? Yeah. So it, it's crazy what kind what kind of things you can do with technology. Like, I don't know if you remember this guy here, um, Steve Urkel. Did you have the Urkel? Oh doll yeah, here? yeah, I know Urkel. <laughs> yeah. So that thing's huge. Yeah. So it's big, but I scanned that and then printed a, like a little miniature Steve Urkel doll here. So oh, God, I'm going to paint amazing. this eventually and make like a, a video out of it. I got like. You know, beanie babies and like troll dolls, all kinds of different, uh, what different vintage toys. I'm just scanning all these these old like toys from uh, from the that's, 90s, 80s, and 90s. That's crazy. Um, so, and, yeah. And so all of that is like, is there like a size limit to how big the scanner is that you can fit stuff in, or could you make a scan of yourself and turn yourself into a 3D image or a 3D toy if you wanted to? So the scanner that I have is actually um, you can. Set it up on your desktop, and then usually what I would do is I have a, a little turntable, and I place the item on the turntable, uh, and it'll rotate and scan. But you can also take the, the the scanner in handheld mode, and you can technically scan anything. Like you can like if you if you wanted to scan a car, for example, you could go up to a car and scan. It takes a long time, but yeah. you could you know scan it or scan yourself. Um, so it's it's crazy technology, right? That is. And, this is, it's going to open up a lot of new doors for me. Um, especially like, for example, with the sneaker stuff, um, 
you know, with the miniature sneakers that I use, I either have to find a 3D, like a 3D model that someone else made already, or I have to buy right. the miniature sneaker. But with the scanner, I can take any sneaker and scan it. So I can technically have anything, like any kind of sneaker and then, you know, print a miniature version of it. So it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. So I, I think, you know, in the future, this, this, you know, 3D scanning, 3D printing, all this kind of stuff, it's going to be a part of our everyday lives, I think. Um, it's it's super exciting. It, it's so crazy because I've I, literally, like, I used to think that like, this was only a technology that, like, uh, colleges and stuff had because I assumed it was just, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars kind of thing. And maybe that's how it was, like, 10 years ago. But now it's crazy, like, to see how far they come where you can just have one in your house for, like, a couple hundred bucks, which is a good, great deal. Um, yeah, let me show you right here, actually. This is okay, the cool. scanner that I have. It's pretty small. It's not, like, super big. It's a oh, handheld yeah. device. It's like a... Right? Yeah, it's like a camera. Yeah, so um, there's a whole bunch of different wow. uh, scanners you can get. This is like an entry level model, but uh, uh, it's it's crazy. Like uh, this is it's becoming a lot more affordable, and like I said, like everyone's going to be doing it at some point. I feel I feel you on that. Do you mind me asking then, like for the main like toys of you guys of your pictures and stuff, right? Like I, the Goku and the Piccolo behind you, are those things that you buy like on eBay or at a toy store, or do you actually just 3d print them when they're that big or is the 3d mainly for like the more you know the background stuff and not really the main toy yeah usually um the figures that i use are mainly things that yeah. i buy i i'll mainly okay. print the background accessories i have printed a few of the figures that i use but in general um it's it's uh it's easier for me to just buy the figures um so i spend a lot of time on ebay just looking up old figures trying to find deals and, and the crazy thing is like some of these high-end figures um there, there's a company called hot toys they make really super detailed okay. high-end figures and they'll, they'll probably cost around 300 dollars each fairly expensive but the the good thing is though they hold their value really well it's almost like sneakers right you, you spend 300 dollars on this Aww. this toy and uh, I'll buy it and then I'll use it in my scenes and then I can sell it and most of the time I get my money back. Sometimes it'll even appreciate in value. So it, it's really cool. Like um, even though I'm spending a lot of money, it's like an investment. Just like, you know, you buy your sneakers, you wear your sneakers, you sell them and you get, you know, your money back, right? So it's it's really crazy. Like some of those, um, I think the, the Spider-Man that I, I did that photo with, that's a Hot Toys figure. So that's around $300 or so or $250. Um, they're pretty crazy. expensive. <laughs> oh, well, you just told the wrong audience, my friend, about this, because now you have all the resellers looking at the toy market. Oh, <laughs> trying <geez>. to <laughs> it's about to get more expensive for you now. <laughs> I'm going to have to spend a lot more money on my toys now. <laughs> Everyone's going to be flipping But that's them. a really cool thing, because I can, I can see, because like, uh, I'm assuming like you know the older stuff, too, especially like more vintage, quote-unquote vintage, even if it's like not in the greatest condition or in a box or whatever, I'm assuming there's just still such a demand for them and such a little supply that yeah. you know people will pay whatever kind of money for it yeah definitely like uh one of the big ones are like transformers um those were huge if you have like the original g1 transformers those are worth quite a bit of money uh the original uh ninja turtles um those classic toys from 80s and 90s they're they're still in demand and especially if you have them like mint on the card they can be yeah. worth hundreds or even thousands in some cases. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> Dwayne, you you have like literally this small like crazy niche of toy photography has so much different outlets that I think would be so sick on YouTube. Like the other thing that I could see is like going to like uh um 
garage sailing and just seeing what kind of toys they have, you know, <laughs> and yeah, taking that yeah. and then being like, okay, watch this and then turning it into a, a scene from that garage sale toy. Cause there's so many different cool avenues with this. And I just think that'd be so cool to watch. So yeah, I, I'm just yeah, getting excited. I, I'm sorry if I'm like, you know, kind of like projecting so much on it and just like, I like thinking about other people's content more than my own at this point. Cause I see the <laughs> shoes, you know, shoes it's, it, they don't change too much. But when I hear other people like have a passion for their content and like, seeing the kind of avenues it can go. I'm just like, dang, that is such a sick thing to do. I could never do that. But just like thinking about, you know, the ways that that content can go, it gets me really excited. Oh, this is great. I mean, you're giving me a lot of ideas. I'm, uh, you know, the gears are turning right now. So I'll definitely try to good, find good. a way to incorporate that into my, my content. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So do you have any, um, I, I don't know if you keep things secret, but do you have any like upcoming like shots or like big projects that you're working on? I've got a lot of uh, a lot of ideas. My my thing is like, I'm fortunate in in the sense that ideas come to me really easily, but the problem mm. is that these ideas take a long time to execute, right? So like I've got mm. hundreds of ideas, but it just takes a long time to finish each one. Um, but definitely like so right now I'm working on maybe three or four different projects at the same time and kind of bouncing back and forth between them. Uh, but definitely more along the lines of this, you know, this nostalgia. Um, I've got some sneaker stuff planned. I'm actually, you're, you're familiar with like the Keymaster machines, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've I, never won. I want, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I want to eventually build like a miniature Keymaster, not a functioning one, but just one for like uh, photography purposes. And then I'll probably have like Goku or somebody um, trying to win some sneakers on the Keymaster machine. I think that'd be a fun project to work on. That's um, so sick. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and and I'm also trying to find ways to incorporate music into my my um, photography and, and uh, behind the scenes videos. So, I I want to find a way to like make a beat with like miniature equipment and then incorporate it in, it, it uh, into a scene or something like that. So I'm, I'm thinking of some ideas. We'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm I'm just experimenting right now, and we'll see where where things go. I love it, man. I love it. This is like it, it sounds so crazy what you have coming up, and you know the ideas that you do have, and. It does sound like hopefully down the line, you know, when you can try to figure out how to monetize this because it's still so new, like create mm -hmm. like a great monetization funnel. You could hire like a team and then you could have these things done, like, you know, pumped out like way quicker. You know, some person works on painting another guy is the guy that does, uh, you know, printing and all of this. And you're just the set designer and, you know, creating the final piece kind of thing. And then that would ultimately just we'd see so much content, which would be amazing. But I think that right now people just have such an appreciation for understanding how much work goes into it. Because at a glance, like I said, every every single piece that you do looks like you put in a bunch of time. And I'm sure that gets across like not only me, but just the overall audience, because that in itself is like the picture is impressive. But I'm just like the amount of work and dedication and like precision of this, like fine paintings and stuff. It's just like I, that kind of thing is just like for me the the best part of it oh thank you i appreciate that like that that's i guess i try to get that across in my behind the scenes videos just showing like the amount of time and everything that i put into it like it's, and the thing is it's, it's not it's not hard work but like i i just i love it so much that i'm willing to sit there and spend like hours just cutting things up because it's just so fulfilling to me it is almost kind of like a meditative type of thing i'm just kind of zoned out or in the zone and just working on it and i i love it i'm so super passionate about this and it, it's kind of crazy because i like like we discussed earlier i didn't even start doing this until 2018 so it's fairly recent that's, why. And, that's so I, new. and like i'm you know i'm not 
not super young. Um, so like it just goes to show like as you get older, you can still discover new things and, and fall in love with these different passions. So it's, uh, you know, I just encourage people to keep trying and tasting different, uh, different things. You never know what you might fall in love with. I love that. And that's, you know, honestly great for everybody that's listening or watching. Like, yeah, just please take that like to heart because uh, it's, it's oftentimes, you know, we always are telling people like, or younger people like chase your dreams and stuff and don't chase the money or whatever. And then in your head as a kid, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm not whatever, you know, like obviously the money is important and stuff and you don't take it to heart until you're like so much older. And then by that mm -hmm. time, it's like, damn, I really should have listened and chased my yeah. passion. Cause now I feel like, you know, I'm stuck in this office job. Can't get out. It's too late for me. But as you mentioned, you know, there's always time to change something. If you have a huge passion for it and love and you just dedicate your time to it. Um, so I hope everybody does take that to heart. Thank you so much for coming on, Dwayne. Uh, could you let people know where to find you on your socials and stuff? Yeah, uh, just find me at Dwayne Shoots Toys. That's D-U-A-N-E, Shoots Toys. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all those social media platforms. And uh, DwayneShootsToys.com. Yes, check out the website as well. If you guys are looking for prints and stuff, I'm going to actually, I have it open on a tab right now. I'm going to go check out what I can buy and put in the backdrop of my set right now too. So <laughs> make sure you guys go check that out. But yeah, thank you so much again, Dwayne. Uh, thank you for everybody listening as well. Uh, we will be back with another episode next week. But until then, you know, stay safe. Uh, and uh, we appreciate all you guys watching. Take care, guys. Thank you.